0: Camel boots on my feet Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed?
1: Hey, Buck Grits, boys. You ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits? Buckgrits.com. Buck Grits.
0: Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed?
1: Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head.
0: And it's going to help the and dough, I assume, too, after they have the fawns.
1: That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well,
2: where can I get
0: Buck Grits?
1: Buckgrits.com. You can get a sample, you can order it directly from the website, and we're coming to a retailer near you. If you
0: want to help a deer hurt, use Buck Grits. I've been on a big boy for a while. I can load him in the back of my truck. We can take it to a holler. Take it to a field. A crowd's a creek of a big old hill. Yeah, right Pukes, passed on down deep in the ground wise eye hornady
3: eagle seed Buck grips jkr outdoors tide Wee presents american roots outdoors welcome to the show everybody i'm calling via phone from my lodge hunting cabin Here in southern Missouri, I just left Mallory's little house over there, LMP Iron and Dirt Works Lonnie Pulliam and Jeff Warner over there with Linda Bird trying to fix the plumbing and get some of the water lines hooked up. Wayne was there uh, for a couple hours today doing some of the electrical. We're getting closer, Redbone.
2: Getting closer. Well, you know, that is a process. I mean, once people, and Wayne can probably attest to this, once people build a house once, they don't ever want to do it again.
1: Amen to that. (laughs) Wayne's
2: been doing it for 10 years
1: (laughs) it seems like it let me tell you it seems like we were just talking about that before we got on the air
2: yeah well it seems like one of those things that never you never get finished and by the time you get finished it's time to start all over again right (laughs)
3: exactly
2: Well, we've got a great show
3: lined up for everyone as we say every week Uh, it's Missouri youth season this weekend I believe Arkansas starts this weekend also Mm -hmm. in other states across the country and uh, our focus is youth Season, season for the kids. But before we go into all that, our outline of the show, I want to talk about uh, the winning football teams out there. NFL, congratulations to the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, the and Chiefs looked really good.
3: They did. They needed that butt whooping they got to put them back in line. And Wayne, your Pittsburgh Steelers, they didn't fare too well, did they?
1: No, but I tell you what, the rookie quarterback they got—he's looking better each week. Uh, the Pickett kid, Pickett, yep, Pickett. yeah, yeah. Although hometown, uh, hometown hero for Pittsburgh, there.
2: Yeah, he's from Pittsburgh and yep, went to school in Pitt. Pitt. Yep, yeah. for Pitt. Yep. Yeah, maybe the next Dan Marino.
1: Hey, you never know. <laughs> never <laughs> yeah, know. But
2: here, but here's the thing about uh, this kid—he's got the wrong name. How can you be a quarterback and your last name's Pickett? <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> just inviting trouble. Yeah, it's like, just inviting like if trouble. You know,
2: if you're if you're an NFL running back and your name was Fumble,
1: <laughs> wouldn't yeah. be right? There you go. And and, and the uh, yeah. I do like the picket as the, the quarterback and their star rookie receiver is ins Pickens. Pickens right. Yeah. So pick it yeah. to Pickens Well,
3: congratulations to the Liberty Eagles for winning the SCA. Yep, uh, they defeated Houston forty three to eight. Uh, Houston actually gave them a pretty good game the first quarter. Uh, I guess Mike, yeah. Wayne, will be facing either Stratford or Ava in two weeks at the nest at Mountain View, Missouri.
2: Yeah, they secured the home field advantage throughout the uh, district, which is which is a really big deal. I mean, you want to play those games at home. Their Bobcats are going on the road, and as you hear the show, it was last night, we're going to Pierce City. Three hours away to play a football game. Uh, But traditionally, we've played well up there. And uh, I think we've played Pierce City eight times in like the last 14 years. And we've only lost to them once. So, has a pretty good history with the Eagles.
1: Odds in your favor.
2: And, of course, Ava Bears are in action this week. And Salem Tigers are in action. All the teams in the SCA will be in action. And all over the state. Everybody starts in the first round of the district.
3: Exactly. Congratulations to all the teams that's in the finals. And uh, good luck in the district championships. Uh, again, we got youth season coming up. We're going to talk about that, but also want to congratulate the Mountain View Birch Street Liberty Eagles girls volleyball.
2: Mm-hmm. They won the district championships. Yeah, and don't forget about Winona and Mountain Grove. They also won district championships. Exactly. Uh, they also won. Those di- guys, I want to congratulate them. You know, but it's kind of but, getting me old hat for the Liberty Lady Eagles and the Winona Lady Wildcats. I mean, they're uh, these days they're pretty much expected. To win a district championship,
3: well, they have great coaches and they—they and, uh, they are uh, uh,
2: powerhouse really programs. Direct. I'm sorry, they are powerhouse programs in girls volleyball, both of them.
3: Exactly, exactly. Well, I tell you what I us do here before we wrap it up. We have got a minute or two left. Let's talk about safety. Safety is the most important aspect of any hunt, and with your season coming up, we want to touch on that. And some of the things I want to touch on is you always want to wear your orange, your cap, and your vest, and always have your gun pointed in a safe direction. You always want to have your gun unloaded in vehicles, uh, walking to them from your stand if mm-hmm. possible. Uh, you can carry a loaded vehicle in the weapon, but we encourage you not to do that. Also, when you're climbing fences, hand your gun to somebody else before you climb over. Anything you want to add, Red Bone Lane?
2: You know, I would just like to add uh, back to the Hunter Orange, and I know people have a tendency to want to take the Hunter Orange off for pictures, (laughs) but don't do that. It's illegal. And here's one of the reasons why that's illegal. You should have Hunter Orange on during any gun season. That's, you know, the, the youth season or regular firearm season is because what if there's somebody else over there 100 yards away and they see that buck laying there, but they don't see you wearing your camo, and they think it's just bedded down, and they take a shot at it. Right. You that that's why they say you've got to wear the hunter orange. And and I, I saw a picture just the other day. Somebody killed a, a nice buck with his bow. He wanted to get a picture in the woods. He says, uh, well, actually, it was with a gun. It was in another state, and he said, "Yeah, I did have my hunter orange on when I shot him, but I wanted to take it off for the picture." No, why? no. Right. No.
1: Why? That's what gets me. Why? I mean,
2: it's you've got to leave and I can't stress that enough. It's a safety issue. And I know you're thinking I'm out we're out here, nobody else is out here hunting. You don't know that for a fact.
1: That's why they're called poachers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and my
1: tip would be make sure you wear a safety harness. Yep. You know, yeah. Uh, if you're up in the tree, climbing a tree, coming down from the tree, the biggest uh, a chance of falling is transferring from your ladder to your, uh your hang on. So, you know, if guys that are, you know, if you're out there and you're getting ready to hang them this, you know, a couple days before or the night before, uh, do, do us a favor, put one extra ladder extension. So you're stepping down onto your platform and not trying to pull yourself up. Trust mm-hmm. me, it makes the biggest difference in the world. And especially for kids and it makes it and easier. Remember, get- and remember if you're putting the screw in type or the, the uh, strap on types, um, Make sure you remember it as a kid crawling behind you yeah. and don't space them so that they're four feet apart and the kid struggles.
2: <laughs> they can't reach them. Right. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would think. Well, yeah, I was going to say, Alex, I would think the best thing if you're going to be taking a kids hunting, use a ground blind.
3: Exactly. Tidewee has the ultimate blind.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You need to go to tidewee.com and check out the see-through blinds. Their competitors are selling it for triple the cost that you can buy one at Tide Week. They have boots, pants, clothing, heated gloves, heated vests, heated jackets. It's unbelievable what Tide We has.
2: Yeah, and those see-through blinds, you can see through on three sides. All the way to the ground. All the way to the ground and all the way to ground. the top. I mean, it is really amazing. And, and I mean, that's the ultimate for it, to take kids hunting. I mean, there's no—them having this— Step up and try and peek through the little opening, or whatever the case yep. may be. They can see everywhere, just sitting there in their chair.
1: And speaking of chairs, two hundred and seventy degrees. Yeah. And speaking of chair, they they have a chair blind, or uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I said that backwards, but anyway, it's a, a blind or a tree, or, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> a chair specifically made for their blinds and adjust up and down so it's perfect for kids because that's one of the biggest struggles for kids is looking out that window if it don't come down far enough. Yeah, exactly.
3: Hey, everybody, we're going to go to a break. we come back, we're going to talk about scouting and equipment for the upcoming youth season. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're listening to my good buddy, Mr. Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors. Wishing on some love I been
0: on a big board for a while. I could load him in the back of my truck Redbone what would you say if i could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day
2: i would say you're crazy there's no way to predict how the bucks are gonna move
0: well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through.
2: Really? Wise Eye Technology? This
0: camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction,
2: everything. On a camera?
0: On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com I-
2: And how do I find out more information about these guys?
0: You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye.
3: Eagle Seed and Butt Grits presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Welcome to segment two of the show. And... We've covered some great subjects in the first part of the show. What we're going to talk about now is scouting and proper equipment. Take off with it, Wayne.
1: Well, I'll tell you when it comes to uh, proper equipment. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about real quick because w- one of the biggest things that people do wrong with kids is they either, for rifle, let's say, they overpower them. They have a, a stock that's too long for them, so they struggle reaching the trigger. And they don't allow their kid to shoot the gun before the season starts. So the kid is going to, if he hasn't shot it first, that's a mistake because you need to be sighted in. But secondly, he's going to be afraid of that recoil. Let him understand what the recoil is, and don't overpower your kid. If you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, you know shooting a, a a two four three as opposed to you know giving him a thirty odd six or a seven millimeter mag just because that's what you use. Don't, don't hand that down to your you know your 10-year-old or 12-year-old and say, here, just use this, kid. It's no problem. Look at the size of your child. Make sure the gun stock fits them. And nowadays, they have these great adjustable gun stocks on a lot of these rifles. Mm-hmm. And they some of them even have cone abilities, so you can cone it up uh, to fit your child even better.
3: Something also we need to mention is the equipment. Uh, we can spend long periods of time talking about one subject. Is wearing the right clothing for the right atmosphere of the hunt. If it's raining, wear a good rain suit like Tide Wee. Has uh, shooting the right ammunition. Uh, having your child shoot their gun uh, months prior to taking them out hunting. Uh, preparation creates success. A good br- ground blind. A good ground blind helps protect that kid from movement. If he's moving, can't sit still. He or she. Uh, good boots like Tide Wee to keep your feet warm. Uh, gloves, if it's cold, heated gloves, uh, good trail cameras. Trail cameras tell you where the deer are going to be, like Wise Eye and their hunt control program. Uh, again, preparation. If you had your Wise Eye cameras out on these food plots and scrape lines, hardwood flats, white oak trees that's dropping, uh, they do your scouting for you. So, uh, you catch this show uh, Saturday, you should have already done most of this. And I wish we would have covered this last week, but it's okay. Uh, other things we can talk on: is good binoculars. Mm-hmm. A good pair of binoculars with it, the glass of the deer that you choose to shoot. Uh, again, I want to touch on safety. No walks beyond uh, your target when you're shooting. There's houses off in the distance. You don't want to be shooting towards houses or cattle or anywhere people may reside. Anything you want to touch on Red Bone?
2: Well, yeah, I, w- I would like to, to add to that and... and- and and the glasses or the binoculars, even maybe more so, for looking beyond that deer. I mean, so you can see because these these rifles nowadays, Alex, you know, they shoot for a long ways if nothing gets in the way. And and nothing worse than you know would be shoot somebody's house or or worse yet even maybe shoot a, a cow or something like that. But uh, also want to mention when you're talking about guns, uh, you should also make sure that there is a way that kid can take a good rest when they're getting ready to take that shot. Uh, whether it be shooting sticks and those adjustable shooting sticks are great for that. Or, you know, if you, if you're using a ground blind, you can take some four by fours and put together uh, a, a makeshift shooting stick. Just, right. just put a bolt through them with a, with a, a Y at the top and you can adjust them where they need to be. Just something to help steady that gun for that kid, uh, just to make sure they get a good shot. Because you know that in a lot of cases, most cases they're going to be nervous. Chances are they're going to be cold and when they try to pull that gun up and take that shot, they're going to be shaking. So best to get them something to take a solid rest. And I think that goes for everybody. I mean, I still take a rest whenever I try to shoot it deer. always.
1: And, and there's some good uh, gun arms that actually will attach to your tree stand. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them even hang you know, from above you and come down, and it'll saddle your gun. Mm-hmm. And boy, what a difference that makes. And for yeah. a kid, like you said, they're nervous enough. You know, so, and and the weight, some of these kids, you know, if they're a smaller frame kid, they, you know, the weight, again, goes back to proper gun for proper kid. But, Alex, you did mention something about clothing, and that's something a lot of people don't take into effect. You know, if they've been practicing this last month, they're out there probably in just a long sleeve shirt, a (laughs) T-shirt, shooting their gun, shorts, you know, shooting their guns. Hey, I'm sighted in, I'm great. But then they're going to go out in that morning when it's 42 degrees and have a coat on, and that changes everything.
3: It sure does. That's why you need to mentally prepare your kids, physically also, shooting the month months prior to their hunt. You need to ask yourself, what kind of hunter am I? Am I a proficient hunter? Am I a successful hunter? Am I a luck hunter? Am I just going to wing it? Well, it's kind of like building a house. A carpenter has plans to build the a house. A mechanic has plans to build a race engine or a motor. You got to be prepared. So we're trying to encourage all of our listeners. Be prepared. Get your child prepared, and it creates success.
2: Yeah, I've said it many times on this show, and I was taught when I started hunting, always practice like you're going to hunt. And that means wearing the clothing that you're going to be wearing when you go to the
1: woods. Got that right.
2: Right down to the gloves. The kids are going to wear gloves, and I think we kind of discouraged from trying to shoot with gloves on because it changes the pressure point on the trigger. If you're wearing big thick gloves or something like that, but if they're going to use a, a glove on the offhand, needs to be the same gloves that you know that they practice with that they're going to shoot with.
3: Exactly. I want to say something else about equipment. Uh, a rangefinder. Uh, Todd Wee has a great rangefinder too. You can order all this stuff on www.tidewee.com. Uh, know the exact distance that you've been practicing with your child. Therefore, again, that's called preparedness and they'll be punctual and close the deal on that shot. Also, carry uh, some first aid stuff with you. You never know an accident can happen. Carry your phone with you. uh, Leave a message or a note where you're going to be at, what time you guys will be back. That's good stuff right there to help everybody be safe and give their families and their wives and mothers at home peace knowing what's going on.
2: Yeah, and I think Alex, in in that note, it should be very specific as to where exactly you're going to be, especially if you're hunting in a tree stand.
1: Yeah, don't say I'm going to be in Mark Twain.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be yeah. in Oregon County. I'm right. Going to be in Oregon County hunting. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it it should be very very specific, and again, especially if you're hunting in a tree stand. Another
3: thing you can do with your phone before we go to a break, uh, if you've got uh, map MapQuest. You can mark your location and send that location to whoever you want. So keep that in mind. If you have a signal, uh, we're sharing some great information on the, here with you, folks. When we come back. We're going to talk more about strategies, techniques uh, when we come back. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this.
1: Hey everybody, this is
0: Michael Wadding with Bone Collector,
3: and you're listening
0: to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man big old hill yeah. year after year got my gear. hey guys it's food plot planting time here in the ozarks and all across the country what are you planting this year wayne i'm gonna put some
1: smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover You're Wait, gonna wait, some wait, to put clover in it. what smorgasbord what is smorgasbord man it is a variety of annuals and perennials that'll get you through fall time winter time and all the way into spring it's awesome.
0: You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord has everything. Your deer will love it. Eagleseed.com. Boots, on down,
2: you know, Alex, there is a, a company in the outdoors that wants to provide quality hunting gear at affordable prices for the everyday hunter.
0: Yes, there is, Redbone. It's Tide Wee. These guys are a blue-collar company. They make excellent products that's very affordable for everybody. And
1: these guys want to help every outdoorsman live out their passions in the outdoors. And to find out more about this company, just go to www.tidewee.com. That's T-I-D-E-W-E.com.
0: Around your heart, so you never got to worry. What the
3: Tide Wee. J.K.R. Outdoors presents American Roots Outdoors. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we just finished segment two. Segment three right now is weeding and understanding deer sign. Uh, let's talk about deer sign. There's all kinds of deer sign. There's tracks, those droppings. Uh, there's hair that can be left on a fence. There's rubs. There's scrapes. Uh, there's licking branches. And let's talk about that. Kick it off, Redbone.
2: All right. Well, you know, when when I started hunting way back around 1982 or 83, uh, it was all about hunting scrapes. I mean, that was that was it. Uh, you found the scrapes, and that's where you hunted. I know it's changed a little bit now with all the technologies and and everything else, and the studies that have been done since then. But uh, but that's still the way I hunt, Alex. When when I go to do my scouting, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for scrapes. I mean, it's just that plain and simple. And then I'm I'm trying to design. Uh, How I can get in, I've got a wind out of the south. How I can get in, i got a wind out of the north. How am I going to get in if it's out of the east or west? I mean, I'm trying to figure out how I can hunt that scrape. And and from my experience, once you find that scrape, if it's the scrape that's in use and not one from last year, but you see sign in that scrape, and I'm talking about uh, uh, if it's wet or there's some droppings in it or, you know, the the telltale hoof marks or the horns where they take the horns and mark the scrape, you find those signs that scrape is active and if you sit there on that scrape eventually deer are going to come to that scrape right
1: yeah i, I agree 100 percent with them uh you know if you can find yourself an active scrape there's nothing better especially this time of year is to be on an active scrape uh i was just telling alex earlier today when we were together that i have two scrapes that just opened up on my uh on my area that i'm hunting uh within the last 48 hours so i'm moving my wise eyes right over to there and i'm going to be putting them on there and see what's coming through and i had a, a a stud come through this morning but i mean he's still on the young age for me i'd like to see him go another year but man the potential on this guy is awesome uh just hope he can make it through the season but um it, you know another thing that i always say if you want to even go back uh, a little further than you know checking out scrapes and that pull up your topo map and look for areas that will hold and maybe potentially have uh, deer runs coming together. You know, use the terrain to your advantage uh, by using a topo map and looking to see where you might have uh, trails coming around ridges and through fields or up across creeks and that. Um, You know, if you got ridge lines that are uh, close together, you know that's steep. They're not going to be going up and down that area too much unless it's an escape route. But if you can find a creek bed that has a flat area, you know, that's area they're generally going to be crossing that creek there. I love myself personally having my back to a creek, Um, just a personal preference, because I use a lot of times those creeks to get in and out access of my stands and that. So that's just something I've always done when I was in Ohio. If I could find me a creek on on any of the public lands or any of my private lands, I took advantage of it
3: all due respect, we've got off a subject, it's understanding sign and reading sign. Let's talk about what sign means, not strategies of hunting the sign, which is great, but what does a scrape mean, Redbone? What is the buck saying? What is the doe saying? And talk about how a scrape's made. Let's talk about that.
2: Okay, well, a, a scrape is made by, by, the, by the buck deer, and, and does do it too. Uh, we'll come in, they'll find a place under a low-lying limb, most generally, most generally on a point or, or someplace that jots out from a, a wood line. And they're going to go there, and they're going to paw the ground if they paw the leaves and all the grass out. And then the does will urinate in that scrape, and that is a sign to the bucks that come along that they are in the area and they are ready to receive those bucks. Now the bucks also will urinate in that scrape. That lets the does know that they're there. I mean, it's kind of a communication point for the deer to let them know that they are here. It also maybe lets the younger bucks know that the older buck is in the woods, and he might wanna, you might want to keep his eyes and ears open, <laughs> and, and stay away from his does. Uh, but um, and, and again, you know, those bucks they will they will mark that spot with urine. Sometimes they'll 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 leave uh, uh, pellets there and then most of the times they'll take their horns and they'll scratch the ground and they leave a mark there that they have been there. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes they're kind of hard to see because they are be very small scrapes, you know, foot, 18 inches. Sometimes they'll be three, four, even six feet, especially a community scrape that a lot of different different deer use. And so you just got to kind of know where it's at. Uh, I, I made a mistake one time of finding what I thought was a scrape, and and it just happened to be where the turkeys had been there scratching (laughs) because the turkeys came along and that's where they were they were just scratching all over i said okay that's not a deer scrape and i got a further inspection thought, well there's no other sign there so uh but yeah i mean that's what they do they they use that for communication
1: and the the other thing is with uh i was was gonna say the other thing is with the branches you you got those overhanging branches they're gonna leave they're gonna rub their uh they're gonna lick them they're gonna rub their eye uh uh, orbital glands up on there. Again, that just leaves them their their DNA behind for other bucks to pick up on and does to say, hey, this is, you know, this person's in the area, this buck's in the area, I need to stay away from here, or, you know, use it as a calling sign to bring a, a receptive doe into the area saying, hey, this, you know, Mac Daddy's in here, this is the one I prefer to breed with, so this is the area I'm going to come. And, you know, speaking of scrapes also, this time of year with the wind blowing and the leaves falling all the time, it's so, if you can find one that has already been opened up, that's mm-hmm. great. Because a lot of these, uh, you know, in the morning, overnight, the leaves fall, they get on them. But if you're walking to your stand and you get up in your stand and you realize that that thing's been
2: opened, that's great. Yeah. And, and the bucks, too, will leave a line of scrapes. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't just make one. Uh, they'll make a line of scrapes. I hunted a place one time out by 11 Point River, and there were like eight scrapes in about 100 yards, uh, just right, right along a wood line. And that told me that there were multiple bucks coming into this area and using these scrapes. But then they go check them and check them and check them, and, and a doe might go to that scrape, and she might not go to that one. So they use various different areas to, to figure out where those does are. Because this time of the year, and, you know, we talk about food sources and all that, this time of the year and really starting now, bucks have only got one thing on their mind, and that's the ladies.
1: Right.
3: Exactly. And dominant. Mm-hmm. They're trying to protect their breeding rights. And that's part of the reason they leave their urine in their preorbital gland since. And, and I must tell you, I have seen deer use their antlers and scrapes, but most of what you see in the scrape is done with their paws. But they do most of their hooking uh, on true trees and the overhanging limbs. It's like leaving a business card, walking into a restaurant with cologne on it, saying, hey, ladies, I was here leave me your business card and let's try to hook up. That's basically what the buck is telling the does and the dole to tell them the bucks.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like getting on an elevator and smelling a perfume being like, Ooh, I wonder who was wearing that. <laughs>
2: you know? It's like, getting, yeah. it's, 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 it's like being on a dating app.
1: <laughs> just swipe, swipe <laughs> yeah. tree to the left, swipe tree to the right.
3: <laughs> yeah. Alec, yeah you, so spray, we, we talked more scrape hunting than anything. I just want to touch on this real quick. Uh, right now, the acorn crop is so heavy here in the Ozarks that uh, you better be hunting the woods or pinch points leading from one woodlot to another if these bucks are cruising because that's where they're spending most of their time. My wise-eye cameras have the, actually decreased in the amount of pictures I'm getting in the last 20 days when the acorn started falling to what I was getting in early October and late September.
2: Yeah, because the deer are not in the open fields; they're they're in the woods. They're eating acorns.
3: They're in the woods eating acorns, and they're making scrapes in the woods, down on logging roads, etc. Hunting rubs. We didn't talk about rubs. Rubs is an indicator; it's a sign The same thing as a scrape, in a sense. Again, he's putting his preorbital, his foregland, his forehead gland sense on these rubs, and if you'll notice and follow the rub lines, connect the dots, rub to rub you will find their travel routes the same way with hunting scrapes. So it's like reading a puzzle. We're trying to put together a crime scene. When you put together that crime scene, you get all the evidence you need to close the deal, so to say, on harvesting that buck or arresting that person. This is great information. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about stand placement and blind placement in segment four. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. I'm on. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and Outdoors with Alex
0: Rutledge and friends. Redbone Wayne, have you heard about the twelve volt power packs?
2: I've heard a little bit. Tell me more.
0: Yeah, what it is? It's, it's a battery that you can hook to your cell cameras. Uh, even charge your cell phones. This company's become really innovative man.
1: Yeah, I've got a couple of them myself, and they're so easy to use. My six year old helped me set them up in the woods on my Wise Eyes. If
0: you want to improve your battery life in your cell cameras, check out the 12 volt power packs. I'll have to do that. Do they have a, a website? Yes, it's jkroutdoors.com.
3: Eagle Seed and JKR Outdoors presents American Roots Segment 4. Welcome back to the show. We've covered some great topics and hoping to prepare you for the upcoming youth season and hunting in your areas. Uh, We'll just share with you what we've learned and and sharing our opinion on things. Uh, There's a lot more we could cover. Uh, We've got to get as much as we can in about a 35-minute show. I want to thank you for listening and joining us no matter where you're at across the the world across America. That being said, would you, I'm going to ask both of you questions. And we're all three going to answer it. What is your favorite to hunt out of a tree stand or blind? Redbone first.
2: Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to show my age here, uh, because I, I, at my age, I really do not care for hunting out of a tree stand anymore. I mean, it's just one of those things. And, and, uh, uh, I have hunted out of blinds, and it's okay, uh, but I've never actually killed a deer out of a blind. Uh, most most of the deer that I kill, I I kill sitting in front of a big white oak tree. I just clear me out of spot, and, and I sit there, and I try to blend with the scenery around. Uh, not that they're not great, and the blinds are great, but uh, about three years ago, I killed a, a really nice buck, and I was in a blind, I was in a blind all morning long, and nature called and i got out of the blind and went back over 100 yards into the woods and on my way back to the blind there's a buck out across the field and i bleated at him and he stopped and i killed him so i don't know if that counts as killing the deer out of the blind or not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh my personal preference alex and you know this is i'm kind of old school and i am still hunting with my winchester lever action thirty thirty. i like to get in where the deer are sit on the ground uh usually sitting where i can see off of a hill or on top of a ridge And go from there.
3: Yeah. Great strategy. Wayne?
2: Uh, For me, I'm
1: having to switch from a climber, which was always been my favorite, um, to now I'm having to do uh, ladder stands, which I'm finding at my age is a little bit more comfortable, a little safer. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus the fact that in... On my property and some of the other properties I hunt, I just don't have a whole lot of uh, trees that are made for climbers. Uh, In in Ohio, we had, you know, trees that are 60, 70 years old that were straight as an arrow going straight up. So it was pretty easy to get up there with a climber. Uh, Not so much here. They're a lot younger and and they tend to split or lean or a lot of it has to do with the clear cutting that's been done over the years and that. But the um, I I think I'm Redbone. I'm with you. Uh, as we age, we tend to change our strategies. We well, do, and, yeah, exactly. Um, now, blind hunting, there's nothing beats being eye-to-eye eye with a big buck or even a mature doe uh, 15 yards away knowing that, you know, <laughs> he, I, I, you'll get picked off by a doe, I swear, before <laughs> you will ever get picked off by a buck, no matter if you're in a blind, in a tree stand, or just happen to be walking. Uh, them them old does, boy, they're, they're, smart. they're something. They're smart. Yeah, but I, I, I myself am looking forward to getting into this um, – the see-through blind uh especially for turkey season i know we're kind of jumping there but fall turkey is going on too so (laughs) you know that can be a benefit there too but um yeah being eye to eye ground level there's something about that
2: yeah and i'll have to try that for for alex jump back in here i've I've been thinking about getting one of those tide we uh uh see-through blinds because i think that would be just a magnificent experience for that very reason Mm -hmm. for those deer to get that close and, and I like to get a deer within thirty, forty yards before I shoot, anyway. Right. Uh, so yeah, that would even be better,
1: Alex. Well, here is the
3: thing. Here is the thing. The the see through blinds will make you feel at first when you start hunting out them, they'll make you feel, oh, I can't move. Yeah, you right. can see through it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you can actually move. And I want to say this: you can buy the Tidewee see through two hundred and seventy degree blind on their website for forty percent of the cost of the competitors. Wow. And you get them shipped within, I think, 24 hours. Mm. That's amazing. That is. So, Tidewind is a company that's growing fast. They also own a company called Piscophone which is a huge fishing company. They make reels, rods, etc. a great company. Uh, Cody Solberg and Jason Brennick are the spearheaders, the leaders of public relations and doing the social media for those guys and again if you listen Cody and Jason thank you for letting American Roots be a part of Tide Week and Piscopan and that being said I like to hunt out of both tree stand and the ground blind I hunt more uh, lock on or ladder stands and I do anything uh, when I'm hunting tree stand the ladder stand is safer than a lock on in my opinion I always wear a harness and uh you always want to carry your harness with you no matter where you're hunting at, if it's six feet off the ground or 30 feet off the ground. But I'm like you, Wayne Redbone. I love the eye to eye. Uh, I love, I've been shooting deer out of blinds for many years now. I've killed a lot of deer out of some of the, the, the blinds that we've got on our farm, sliding windows, et cetera, in it. You can withstand the cold temperatures, et cetera, with some of these blinds. Also, with Tide we, you can run a, a heater in there with you to keep you warm as well. But I love the ground blind. Anybody that has taken a child, we encourage you to hunt with a ground blind. We want your child's hunt to be enjoyable, to keep that child where he or she's warm, let her play games, let her learn about the outdoor sore things, sore tracks, droppings, rubs, scrapes. It's about the experience. And it's not always about the harvest or the kill.
2: Uh, so, Alex, real quick, just talk about, uh, I mean, we want to talk a little bit about the placement of these blinds or tree stands or whatever the case may be. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Wayne, you want to pick up on that?
1: If you're hunting with a kid, nothing beats a field edge because it gives them a little bit more area to look. They don't have obstacles that they got to try and wait for a deer to come out behind a tree or brush or whatever. It it, it does give them that perfect uh, you know, view of the, the animal. Yeah, Alex?
3: My opinion is hunt the pinch points where you've got one block of timber leading to another block of timber because your deer are going to be in the woods. Hunting field edges, no disrespect. Unless they're big acorn trees, they will come out there and eat. Mm-hmm. But a majority of the deer that I'm capturing right now, my wise eyes are in the timber, and I'm catching them over active scrapes. So if you haven't done your scouting, go to these big hollers where a bunch of points come together, get the wind in your face where your eyes tear up. And I guarantee you, if there's lots of deer there, you're going to see some deer in that
0: area.
2: And, of course, once you make the uh, once you make the harvest, then it's time to take care of that deer. And uh, uh, we're going to talk in the bonus segment today about uh, taking care of that deer after you have harvested him. And, Wayne, tell people how they can hear the bonus segment.
1: Yeah, just because the radio show's ending doesn't mean that this is going to end. Uh, just head over to your favorite podcast carrier, type in American Roots Outdoors, uh, click subscribe, uh, join, like, whatever it says, uh, follow, whatever it says to do, and uh, you'll get updates every week when it's released. And we're going to, again, talk about uh, taking care of your buck or your doe, field dressing, quartering, taping them out, uh, what's important, what mistakes are easily made and try to avoid.
3: Exactly. Again, please send us pictures to our website and also to our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, of your success photos and uh, share the outdoors with a child somebody new it's God's great creation and it's up to you and I to share it uh, if you feel that we are worthy please share our content on social media and share our podcast with your families and friends and remember
2: when your roots run deep and strong there's no reason to fear the wind so
0: you never gotta worry what the wind
2: Roots. thank you for joining us for today's american roots outdoors radio with alex rutledge you can find us on facebook look us up on the world wide web at americanrootsoutdoors.com we'll be back again next week on this great radio station accurate deadly dependable hornady ammunition from a two-man operation in 1949 to a world-leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady. Each piece is hand inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly, simply put, the best Hornady ammunition. Find Hornady ammunition at a retailer near you and at hornady.com.
3: Hornady was I presents the bonus segment with american roots outdoors take it over
1: Wayne. yep and if you're listening to this that means you're listening to us on your favorite podcast curry we appreciate you being a listener make sure you head over to our webpage at americanrootsoutdoors.com check out some of the gear we got there and uh some check out some of our sponsors the links you can click on them go to their pages uh also make sure you leave us a review Leave your name and the state you are from in the review so we can get a hold of you when we draw winners. And uh, again, I can't tell, express to everybody enough how much we appreciate you guys listening to us. You're driving us up in the rankings each week. I love it. And uh, we cannot... Uh, uh, we love it. Yeah, exactly. And I can't tell you, express enough again how much we care for our fans and try to get the information that they are looking for each week Uh, Each month and each season uh, out to them to improve their hunting.
2: Well, that's what we're that's what we're after. And speaking of that, we got Halloween coming up on Monday, so I would be remiss if I and and Monday the thirty first. And you may be listening to this on the podcast, you know, sometime in November, but we are pre Halloween when we're we're doing this podcast. So I would like to throw out a couple of Halloween jokes. Sure. All right. So, (laughs) so Wayne, do you know what a ghost or excuse me, a skeleton's favorite musical instrument is no a trombone Oh, jeez <laughs> there no, you go geez. that's funny all right so what are we going to talk about
1: well let's, now we're going to get ready to talk about uh what to do after you harvest your deer mm-hmm. whether it be a doe or a buck um alex i know one of the things that you're going to agree on right away is Recovery has got to be done as soon as possible, especially if you've got, uh, you know, youth seasons this weekend and, you know, temperatures in the morning will be fine, but in the afternoons, they're going to be up in the 70s. And uh, so, you know. Yeah, what you want to do,
3: what I do in any deer that I harvest, one well, of the first things, depending on the temperature, of course, as you discussed, is that I do not gut my deer right where I kill them. I hunt mainly close to a vehicle, and what I'll do is take them away from where I hunt and gun them as soon as possible. And I carry ice with me in a cooler, and I also carry vinegar and salt, believe it or not, in a spray bottle. And uh, I carry a brush with me, I carry fake eyes, and I carry Windex cleaner and paper towels. You're thinking, why do you do that? Well... I care that when we take photos, that we get great photos by using the brush and the, the windex to remove the blood from around the mouth, etc. all that. And the fake eyes makes the eyes look more realistic. Uh, that being said, once my deer is harvested, et cetera, the first thing I do uh, is I remove the tarsals. If it's a buck, I want to remove the tarsals instantly. And I save those tarsals and put them in a glad sandwich Ziploc bag and put the date. And the buck, and how old I think that buck is, and what area he's in, and I save them in my freezer because you can use them in the future for an attractant over straight that you may be hunting.
2: All right, so Alex, so I mean, you you said you don't like to field dress your deer where you kill it, but do you cut the tarsals where you? Uh, I mean, immediately when you when you find that deer, exactly, no.
3: exactly, and that's when I put them in a the bag. Yeah, exactly, right there. Yeah, see, and and you don't want to handle it with your hands and touch your meat because it, it, it can taint your meat. And that being said, once I get the deer uh, to the truck or whatever and I check the deer in, I hang it to, to process it, uh, what I do is I, I skin the deer from the legs down, and I skin it all the way down to the behind the neck. And what I do when I, I'm going to mount the deer, I'll gut the deer to about a foot behind the breastbone, a foot and a half. Uh, give plenty of room for the taxidermist to work. And what I do is I pull the hide down over the legs, okay? And what I do is I pull the skin over the legs. You don't have to cut the legs. Rip up the legs to to uh, pull the hide off. But you can if you want. But you can pull it all off like that, and you got a perfectly uh, undamaged hide for taxidermist to match. And I cut the head off right behind uh, the, the meat behind the neck bone, not behind the skull plate and the antlers. And I debone all my meat and throw it into a cooler as soon as possible that's got ice and salt and vinegar inside that cooler, white vinegar. And I start running the cold water over it and I let that water circulate for over two or three hours just real slow through that meat.
2: Okay, so you're not in favor I mean and and I guess a lot of it has to do with temperature but uh, you know, if if we're getting cold weather during uh, the time when I harvest a deer, I don't mind letting one hang for 24, even 36 hours before I decide. Before I, and I mean, and, and I field dress my deer where I where I shoot them. I mean, unless the landowner says don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's the way I was taught, and that's just the way I do it. And cover that with leaves and and go on. But uh, once I get that deer home. Uh, and a lot of people do like to let that deer hang for a while before I go ahead and and debone it or even before I skin it.
3: Exactly. Well, my dad. I've watched my dad let deer hang for a month straight if the weather was cold enough, mm-hmm. and the meat would be just as black as coal. Yep. And what that does, it ages your meat and it makes the deer tenderer and it takes the wild gamey taste out of it. That's telling what's happening. With the salt and vinegar, when you you debone your meat put it
1: in
2: a cooler, the way I'm talking. Yeah, kind of you're kind of you're kind of speeding up that process. It, yeah, uh, Wayne, what do you do?
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, I, I'm going to give a little bit of. Uh, Alex preaching here. Uh, for four years that I was filming Alex up in a tree, every every time he shot a deer, he he would always tell me, I, "I I don't gut it here. I don't want coyotes coming out to my property. This is my yeah. sanctuary. It's yeah. real close." Like, you know, for four years, all I kept hearing is, "Never ever gut your deer on your property because it brings coyotes in." Last year, first deer Alex got, I get a phone call. Hey, Wayne, you mind if I dump the guts over on your property? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, but I dumped wait, on the wait a minute, your what? Property, not in the middle of your property. No, the not in the middle. End. but And he knew that after my heart surgery, I wasn't going to be hunting anyway. And mm-hmm. I didn't care because it did keep the coyotes off of his property. I'm more than happy to, to help out with that. But I did find it funny that, you know, four years, never, ever do it on your property. And the first deer he gets last year, hey, can I dump this on your property? <laughs> <laughs> I had all the bucks on me, the right? They, they kept coming over on I had to keep them over there, not on you. Right, and that's probably why I don't have any turkeys this year either.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? What you, what, you, what you need to do is find you a coyote hunter and say, "Hey, I killed a deer." I did my call Eddie last you. year yeah, and I said, "Hey," but owns. he was
1: he was so booked up with other you know events and that that he was doing and, and contests and that. But uh, I did tell him, "Hey, you know, <laughs> I got a couple gut piles over here. I know the coyotes are hitting them." So <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I say and find find out where they live, and go dump them on their farm.
1: There, there you go.
2: <laughs> so I, I guess Alex, what, what we've kind of ascertained here is just a personal preference on whether whether you field dress the deer in the woods or or wherever, and as far as you know when you skin it how, if you're gonna let it hang you're gonna do it immediately i mean it, it's really kind of a personal preference
1: but also yeah, it could be it. the
2: it could be the law too uh
1: because if you're urban hunting we have a lot of urban hunters that listen to our program if you're urban mm-hmm. hunting a lot of the urban uh permits that you get from the cities they that's actually against the law for you for you to gut your deer in an urban area really yes they Okay, we've
2: lost Alex. Yeah, but,
1: uh, yeah. You cannot gut. You cannot gut your deer in the in the urban areas, in the suburbs, and that you have to take that with you, whole and remove mm-hmm. it. Okay, well, I can um, understand that. Yeah, so that you know, keep that in mind. You know, don't just get out there gut it because that's what you're used to doing. Make sure you're aware if you're urban hunting, you probably are not allowed to do that.
2: Yeah, and if you're hunting on somebody else's farm, you need to find out from them if what they would allowed. prefer. Right. what you do with the with those uh, with the innards. Yeah, no,
1: I'm sure no no cattle farmer wants coyotes coming into their, <laughs> exactly. their area especially if they're getting so. ready to
2: start capping all right so um uh, but anyway and, and then of course uh, uh you know as far and alex talked about deboning his deer i have done that mm-hmm. and i just find it because i didn't have the proper tools it's found a it very tedious and very time consuming so i just take mine to a processor
1: yeah, and I, that's a good point because if you don't know what you're doing and you're not experienced enough, you, know, you could waste lose so much meat. meat. You know, waste a lot of meat. And, uh, you know, nothing worse than a dull knife, like they say. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to have, like, razor-sharp knives to do a proper deer uh, deboning and that. Yeah. And you got to have those flexible knives, but almost like a fillet all, knife.
2: Getting all the film and that, that white yep. stuff in there. I mean, getting all that out. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because we deboned one and, and decided to run it through a grinder. And guess what? We had to stop every five minutes and fix the grinder because all that white tin all that stuff, silver yep. yeah all the silver skin and stuff getting wrapped up in the blades and uh, you have
1: to parts so. and that does not make it taste good either i uh, know it
2: doesn't but yeah. also
1: guys if, if it is warm out please don't drive your as, as much as you're going to want to uh show your deer off don't drive it around to 10 of your buddy's house when it's 75 <laughs> degrees outside get it cooled off yeah. i myself I, i'll use a creek i'll mm-hmm. pull it right into a creek you know if i if i'm in an area where i can gut it i'll gut it pull into a creek rinse it out real quick and then drag it on out yep there you go. i'm older it's hard to drag a, a gutted uh a deer that's not been gutted <laughs> uh it's hard
2: if, uh, i'm old too It's and out of shape it's hard to drag one that has been gutted <laughs> All right, wrap it up, right. wrap it
1: up. well again we wanted to thank everybody for uh, listening to american roots outdoors podcast uh Again, leave us a review. Take a, just a quick minute, scroll down there, leave us a quick review. We appreciate it. Jump on to the American Roots Outdoors podcast Facebook group. Uh, we got some great uh, conversations going on there, especially with the rut getting ready to approach and, and youth season coming in uh, multiple areas, multiple states right now. Share your pictures with us. Uh, shoot it to us, uh, either DM or share it directly. We appreciate it. And again, on our uh, Facebook page also. You've been listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex, Wayne, and Mike. And uh, like we say here at American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong, there is no reason to fear the wind.